too patronising a voice to, to do an introduction. I know, I love it though, it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Full Frontal Feminism, I'm Leanne and I'm here with Vicky and Nadine. Today we'll be discussing feminism, equality and giving our opinions on current news and events. Basically, we're those annoying people in Starbucks who talk too loudly. Today, we'll be talking about feminist and equality events from 2018, as well as covering um, the beginning of 2019 and what are the important issues for this year. We'll obviously be going down some different tangents, um, so hold tight and enjoy. How about we start off talking about um, the news from last year? Uh, what was happening with the patriarchy, uh, with feminism, and what are the hot topics? Uh, Ireland got abortions. It's it's one of those things like that. Making that journey from Ireland to like England mm-hmm. must have been terrifying for these women. Oh, absolutely, absolutely terrifying, and especially like I know that. If I found myself pregnant, I'd be, one, terrified. I cannot afford a baby. No. No. No in this climate. I cannot no. afford a new coat, let alone a baby. No. Um, I've just been paid, and I have £10 for the rest of the month. I could not have a child. It shouldn't matter what the reason is. No. It's your body. It's your choice. Yeah. Exactly. It shouldn't matter. And by Ireland, actually... Um, getting that through their abortion laws are better than this country now mm-hmm. because technically abortion is illegal here it's a it's a loophole yeah the double sign off still have to have yeah two doctors there mm-hmm. to sign off lots of people don't know that they think because it's just administrated that way so you probably wouldn't see a second doctor if you got one the other doctor in the practice would most likely just sign it off mm-hmm. because doctors aren't savages people don't think that that's still in effect mm. good on Ireland so it, I mean it really highlights the fact that we need more changes here yeah. well not just for that no we need a functioning government first <laughs> <laughs> you've got a better chance of getting a new coat here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so other good stuff happened this year yeah yeah I mean it was what a hundred years since some women got the vote which is interesting, but you raised a really good point with mm-hmm. this about um, about 2018, the year of the woman. Mm-hmm. So I went to see um, Dr. Fern Riddell uh, speak about her book on Kitty Marion, the suffragette, mm-hmm. and uh, during the talk she mentioned that um, when she went to propose other book ideas to publishers, um, that the reaction that she got from them was, well, Women have had their time, haven't they? You've had your year. You've had your year. You've had your really anniversary. Happen. That's all we get. One year every hundred years. Yeah, one year. <laughs> oh, I mean that. So we've been have to wait ten years until the next anniversary before we actually get something else. I mean that's worrying, isn't it? You mm-hmm. got thousands of years. Mm-hmm. You only get one year. Enjoy. Mm-hmm. This is your year. Mm-hmm. One year a century. I know, and what a fucking year it was. Like, <laughs> if that was our year, 
what the fuck's the rest of it going to be like? Exactly. <laughs> you have rapists coming out the woodwork everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Are you ever surprised, though, when a man is accused of being a rapist? I mean, you're definitely disappointed on a spectrum, but are you ever surprised? No. No. I'm scared every time my phone beeps. I'm like, who's done it now? Who's died or who's a rapist? I know you see a celebrity name, don't you? And you're like, mm-hmm. rapist, pedo, dead. Which one? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you go, oh, fine, it's just Mary Berry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, you're right, though. Like, you're, you're, never, you're never surprised. Because the amount, of, the amount of men... And you just have to go from your own experience. Like you're brought up in a way that you're told to act a certain way but boys aren't no no you're held to a higher standard because you're expected to do better and they'll just get there eventually yeah like i remember going um clubbing when i was like 16 17 and guys are vile mm-hmm. like but i can't remember getting them getting any less vile as i've got older no i when i was about 16 i went to see the strokes because i'm really cool and um a grown man you know i was 16 so he could have been anywhere between 25 and 40 also it was glasgow so he could have been anywhere between Eight and forty. Um, <laughs> I know that that rough wind. Yeah, <laughs> like grabbed me by the tit, like just stood in front of me and just, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And then my friend that I was with kind of chased him off, and then he hovered about me, like a, don't know what that was that I just did, <laughs> but. Like, he was just always in my periphery, mm-hmm. which was fine. But that was really shocking. And then I never really, I was just like, uh, at the time I was really shocked. Like, oh, I don't know what to do. And then I just never thought about it because I was just like, that kind of thing happens. Yeah. Was it, oh, God, I, can't, I remember you telling us, but I can't remember the name of the guy. But there was, um, wasn't it like a class or something? And he did like a survey of... Or a lecture oh or yes, something. I can't remember the name of the doctor, but it was a professor in I, I can't even remember where. Um, but he wrote a column, um, a very honest one actually, where he said that no matter how many books he read, no matter what he did, and no matter how hard he tried, he could not understand the like the female perspective on sexual harassment. Um, and what he did um, and which he started to do in every lecture is he groups together all the men groups together all the women and he asked the men so what do you do every day to make sure you aren't raped and the men laugh and joke and say things like I don't go to prison don't talk to soap Exactly. And then eventually one of them will say, well, I don't do anything. I don't need to do anything to stop that. Why, why would I? And I'll ask the same question to the women. And they'll say, things that we do do, um, all the... Do, 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 do. 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 
few things that we do all of the time. Like, I don't walk home alone at night. Um, if I absolutely have to walk home in the dark, I will walk with my keys between my fingers. And comfortable shoes. Yeah, I always so walk. you could run. Yeah, I always walk with a friend. I won't get a taxi alone from a night out. Um, I don't live in a downstairs flat. Uh, I don't um, go on Tinder dates no. with people that in places that aren't public. Um, I will make a friend aware if I'm going on a date. She has my login details to find my phone in case anything ever happens. And it, is, and it was just lists and lists of things. And that was when he realised that every day women are in fear that they, they, they will be harassed or assaulted yeah. or that something and men don't have that fear and that's the difference yeah like don't go to the toilet alone yeah. if you're going to get your car you've already got your car keys out so you can yeah. unlock the car I make sure you I see your drink pod yeah. I lock my car when I'm in it yeah um, I lock my house when I'm in it yeah but yeah. that's it because I have this like replay of anxiety in my head where like someone opens my car door and like takes me back or like mm-hmm. I don't know I like ha- I, d- I don't know like is that just me no that mm-hmm. happened to my aunt when she was sitting in traffic somebody came in opened her car door took her bag and bolted that's it mm-hmm. so I, I generally lock my car door especially at night yeah especially if I'm going through certain places was scary for women like when the story I've told you before when I was in a uh, university so on the night out we were drunk me and a friend came out got a taxi walked to central station uh, to get a black cab and we got in the first black cab that we saw parked outside the station which is was where they all park and uh, turned out it wasn't a black cab it was two men just parked in a black car outside central station but it was like a large car mm-hmm. so when you're drunk you can't really tell uh, so they took us the wrong way and that was when we realised that something was was wrong um, and eventually we managed to get them back to the flat and they followed us in and luckily um, my friend at the time lived with a guy so when he came in and saw the like the guys that was when they walked out and left, but God knows what would have happened. Who'd... God, that's really scary. Mm-hmm. It's really scary. I've I've had a terrifying taxi journey as well. Yeah. Like, I told the guy that um, a different address mm-hmm. on the same street, but remember when I lived in that last flat? The street was like there was a yeah. road, a, a, like yeah. a road in the middle of it, with yeah. like a mm-hmm. dead end on either yeah. end of the street. It was odd, with like a massive little. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I got him a park there, so I like, ra- I, like, I ran across the road, he almost walked us in, mm-hmm. like, I got in and had, like, a massive panic attack and cried, mm-hmm. um, but that was a night that everyone was in a fucking shit shambles. I remember that night. Yeah. <laughs> because we were all like, where's fuck? Where is she? I. Um, Debbie yeah. had to literally, like, like, um, rope, like, like brush my hair and and like just they tell me it was all right until I fell asleep because I was having a full on panic attack. I mean I think that's fair enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. I once got a taxi home from my friends and like the taxi you know like was there for a solid three seconds 
before he drove away and I phoned and I was just like, he didn't even like give me enough time to get out the door. Mm. Um, and the guy came back and I was kind of waiting at the way the corner of their street is. Mm-hmm. And then there's that kind of wasteland side and then there was this car just sat there and I was looking, trying to get him to indicate if he was a taxi or if he was just somebody picking someone up. And then eventually I realised it was him. He's like, why were you staring in my car? And I was like, because I wasn't really sure that you were a taxi and I didn't want to climb into a stranger's car. Mm -hmm. And then he was just so abusive on the journey home. He threatened to throw me out in the middle of that really rough bit between uh, our two houses. And I was like, actually, would I just be better off chancing it? (laughs) God. (laughs) See, it's, it's one of those things, like, although Uber have no morals, um, mm. But local taxi firms are trying are starting to catch on to you know the pictures of the driver, track your journey, the registration plates. Send your friend the link. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That that is it's perfect yeah. because you, you know you get to see the picture of your driver. You've got mm-hmm. the reg plate. Mm-hmm. Um, you can send your friend the link of where you are on your journey, um, and it's much safer. Yeah. Like, but this is the thing though. Why is there a need for that? Because men... <laughs> no, that's not fair. Because... Because our society is fucked. Mm-hmm. Really, yeah. in all honesty. Yeah, but th- this is the thing, though. All of us had, had a story about a taxi. Yeah. Can mm-hmm. you think of a woman that has not been assaulted? No. Not off the top of my head, no. No. She's obviously not been born yet. Mm. But not even just the soul, just like straight up general creepiness. Yeah. I remember like even like when I was a kid being scared. Um because like you'll know I had like like really blonde hair. Like I was a platinum blonde mm-hmm. child. Um so I was this young little blonde girl with like big blue eyes. And I remember like my mum taking me out and just this creepy guy like saying how one day I was gonna be Miss World. <laughs> it's not gonna happen. <laughs> I like food too much. <laughs> one day I'd be Miss World. I was so pretty. Could I give him a kiss? And oh. I was fucking terrified. And I, I was a child. Yeah. And I was terrified. Yeah. But also like. When you're brought up, you like that little seed of like a fear of men is like planted into your brain where it's just like behave yourself or the bat or that man will come and shout at you, behave yeah. yourself or that man yeah. will do that. That man will come that man, that man, come that man. And, yeah. and you you never really knew what man you would yeah. But yeah, it's just weird. I know. But it's like how do you think we could solve that then? Like so if that is inbred in into our society there's lots of conversations about we should teach our 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 boys and our men like like this. But when when you do try and talk to men like, you know, just be a nice person, mate. But then, I'm, I'm a nice guy. Aye, but then you get the backlash of the Gillette advert. <laughs> For fuck's sake, the Gillette advert. I don't Oh my god. Like, this is the thing, I saw a beautiful it might have been a tweet actually, and it was some someone saying, um, society telling women, you know, be be thinner, be be curvier, be hide your grays, um, eat right, exercise, um, wear this, wear that, 
have have Botox, have your eyelashes done, your eyebrows have to be this way, yeah. this has to be this way, and society of men, just be nicer. Uh, wear makeup, look natural, try not to be a dick today. Mm. I know, like, that's it, and they went fucking mad. I know, I know. See, like, when we had a conversation with someone who, like, people who I used to work with, like, we were talking about what we would do as a man for the day, and, like, one of them was like, well, I'd, I'd helicopter, or I'd, I'd have a wank. Or one of them was like, well... Standard I'd, British answer. <laughs> I'd, I'd want a... Why would you have a wank if you were a man? It's, it's not, not going to be as good. It's not as good, no. Messy. Anyway, um... Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, like, there's something so sad about it afterwards, isn't it? Like, yeah. it's like... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyway... Um, <laughs> that digressed. <laughs> Someone else said that um, because she's had a kid, she'd want to be kicked in the balls to see and compare it to childbirth to yeah, see which is yeah. worse. She'd still have to experience the pain though. I know. However, what I said is um, I would enjoy my day um, in as a white male in the patriarchy mm-hmm. and enjoy my white male privilege. Um, by doing things that I feel uncomfortable to do now. You know. Go to the toilet yourself. <laughs> yeah. Go to the toilet myself. Walk home alone in the dark. <laughs> Sit in the pub and really loudly talk about German lap dancers. <laughs> yeah. Um, don't just sit in a bar by myself without getting harassed. Yeah. Just sit with a pint. Sometimes that's what you want to do. Mm. Or a glass of wine or something. Get some nibbles. Mm-hmm. And not have to have... A book or a phone is like a guard. Mm-hmm. Headphones on with phone reading book like this. Yeah. Because mm. sometimes women aren't listening to things on headphones. No. They're just having the men to ignore the fuck out of you. A lot of times, <laughs> a lot of times that my, um, even when my battery dies in my phone, I just keep my headphones in. Yeah. Just to ward off any mm. potential conversation. So, what do we think we could do to fix this. Well, I think to be fair, people of our age and who aren't, you know, very young now have had the that man will do that and that seed is already planted in there and no matter how much you challenge that actively, like you're conditioned into that. And the same with a vast swathe of men our age are just no matter how much they actively challenge their behaviour, like, that... This is going to sound really terrible because there are some amazing men in the world. I don't, I don't deny that. But the uh, benefit and privilege that they've always had has always been there. So even though they take active steps to be better, like... I'm not very articulate here. I really should have thought about this before I started. I don't know. I think it definitely starts with the people who are young kids now. You can't tell children that, you know, you need to behave or that man will take you away. Or yeah, mm-hmm. you have to hold children equally accountable for their behaviours. I think part of it, what will help is people becoming happier not to put their kids in gender stereotype boxes 
mm-hmm. because then you can allow a man to be feminine, show emotion yeah. to those things that are considered womanly and unappealing. Um, because a, a lot of this as well is, you know, men are put in a box. It's not just women. Men are put in a box of you can't show emotion, you have to be hard, you have to be cold, you, you know, you can't be emotional you've got to be tough and and it's it's one of those things that leads to this issue so the the way to move forward is yes to teach our children better but also not to force them into into boxes yeah you have to be this you have to be that i agree because when you you still hear kids say it and they've heard it from somewhere, meaning their parents or their mm. older siblings or whatever. But you still hear them say, oh, you run like a girl. You you throw like a girl. Um, oh, you've got a girly haircut. Oh, you're so gay. So some people probably lose their minds. Like Piers Morgan. Mm. Um, alike. Uh, other people alike. Um, saying that this is PC feminist propaganda bullshit. Oh, uh, Mm-hmm. Well, I saw something fun the other day. Uh, <laughs> toxic feminism. Yeah, yeah. So this could be classed by them as oh are, are we getting too PC? But I don't think saying things like you fight like a girl, you run like a girl should should be said. That is derogatory to women, but also derogatory to men. Yeah. It it shouldn't it shouldn't be something that we say, and it's not us being too PC. It is us saying that the next generations that come into this world should not have the same patriarchal society pushed on them to the levels that we have. We need to weed out. Mm. We we have a pattern as a society that um, rather than try and take accountability for our actions and what things are say when we don't want to think about the fact that we could have caused someone else hurt by what we have said or what we have done, we intri- we then try to say why they shouldn't be offended. Yeah, I mean, I don't feel like you should overly police language, but I also don't feel like, one, there's anything wrong with using language that is af- not offensive to people. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, that's not policing language that's being a decent person Mm -hmm. I also don't think that I mean we have like slander and libel laws and things like that for a reason you can't just say what you want and not expect to reap a consequence either directly or indirectly Mm -hmm. and like things have changed from what's acceptable over the years not just in language but in how people behave and what people are allowed to do and I mean what a couple hundred years ago it was absolutely unthinkable any of us would have went to school let alone university mm-hmm. but no one now would go oh, man yeah. letting these girls go to school that's just PC going too far change takes time we just have to keep fighting yeah yeah but that's exactly why 2018 is not the year of the woman <laughs> it is it's an ongoing struggle mm-hmm. yeah to to make it the year every year should be a year of equality yeah. rather than a year of agenda yeah yeah um and that's that's the mistake that i think 
people are making. And that's the mistake people make with feminism. And I think, fair enough, we might need a different different name for it so that people understand it's about equality. But if it was the other way around, would we still be in 2019 and be in the same situation? Probably. I mean, the thing is... Sorry, Nidinko. I was going to say, I don't think there's any wrong or, or any need to change the name feminism. I mean women and feminine presenting people are the ones that are disadvantaged because of how they present themselves according to standards. So that's why it's feminism. Yeah. So, I mean, ideally we could get to a point where we don't have feminism because it's not needed. Mm. That would be lovely. Oh, what a world that would be. Because, <laughs> mm. like, I think there's still a lot of women who, and men, who like the idea of a man being a gentleman. You know? Like, um, so I don't know if you know this. Well, I, I can't remember her name, but the writer of Fifty Shades. Mm. She's got a... Mm-hmm. I, love, I love the deep intake of breath that you took there. Um, so she has uh, written a new a new masterpiece called The Mister. Oh, um, I haven't read much about it, but I did see um, something that said that it's a modern-day Cinderella story. I know enough that the the leading man is uh, absolutely loaded. Of course he is. Because that's what we look for, ladies. That's what we look for. A rich husband. Solvent. I know. It's just to take care care of us because we're so hopeless. Um, So we don't have to work and, you know, we can just uh, keep knocking out kids. Anyway... um, but that made me think about, you know, Cinderella and and fairy tales in general, where men are expected to be gentlemen. And this is expectations put on men as well, not just expectations put out there by women. And you talk to women about, about dates and things, um, and a lot of them do expect men to be gentlemen, in inverted commas. You know, like, um, hold doors open, pay for dinner. Um, the term being a gentleman also refers to them not trying to sleep with them on the first date. Like, is that being a gentleman or is this being nice? Like, I what's, think what's your thoughts? I would just like a guy I go on a date with to be a decent human being. Like, I don't care about them paying for the bill. I'm more than happy to, to, to split it. I'm more than happy to do that on a date. I really don't care. Um... Sometimes and I'm more than happy to just pay the whole thing. Holding dolls. Not, I don't have that much money. Yeah, no, no <laughs> I'm too strapped. Um, yeah. I, I don't expect a, like, a guy to go first and hold a door open for me because I would hold the door open for somebody else. So yeah. it's, I don't even think about those things. I just want someone to be a decent person. Yeah. It's almost like 
holding the door open for someone who's walking behind you is a polite thing. Yeah. There's a word for <laughs> exactly. that. Exactly. <laughs> it's called just manners. Manners, yeah. <laughs> but there is that moment, isn't there, where you're holding the door open and you're like, oh, they're a bit far away, should I have done this? Yeah. <laughs> it's lovely that that's the spectrum for what a good guy is. Does he hold the door open for you? Or does he try to cut your head off? When it comes to opening doors, like, you see it on films, don't they? They open mm. the car door for them. And I'm like, the only way I would want someone to open a car door for me is if I was carrying the McDonald's. I've yeah. <laughs> like, I wouldn't want someone opening a car door for me. Have you seen how hard it is to get out of my car? Yeah, it's quite low, It's mate. a really low <laughs> car. Like, you're, like, climbing trying to get out. I wouldn't want someone saying that. Like, I'm quite short and quite close to the floor anyway, mm. but getting out of your car is a chore. <laughs> <laughs> Don't open for me on precisely three occasions. Uh, one, I was at a wedding, mm. and that's what the car guy does. That is his job. Yeah, yeah. that's like, not manners. That he gets paid for that. Yeah, he got, he got a substantial <laughs> tip for that. Also, like I was sitting there helping the bride fix her mm. shit. Right. Second time I was at a funeral, and then the third time was when I'd had my had my operation. And I was really, really sore, and I was like trying to take my seatbelt off, and my mum was just like, "I'll get the door for you." So I mean, does that make my mum a gentleman? <laughs> I mean, she could have watched you struggle. She See, did for about five minutes. Yeah. See, whilst pissing herself. My favourite is what my mum considers a lady, and and it's just that you don't swear. And I've explained to her that number one, I've seen her swear a lot. Number two, she burps and farts all the time. I would not consider that the definition. Yeah, as long as you don't swear. I love how your mum does this. She calls someone an arsehole and then goes, sorry for my language. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love swearing, to be honest. It's my favourite thing to do. Okay, so, I think you're right about men and women and put in boxes I think I think that this happens before they're even born yeah yeah so on you one of my biggest gripes about the fucking society that we live in see gender reveal parties yep it is a gender <laughs> reveal party fucking <laughs> how do they know <laughs> I know it's only their their in fact they don't even do a, a kind of genetic test. They they literally it is a whatever they are displaying as. Yeah. So they are not. It's not a gender reveal because one they may have um, a genetic disorder. Um, they may also be trans. It could just be a shadow. I can't understand what you see in a scan photo. I never see a thing. It just it's squiggly lines and people have shown them to me and I'm like hmm. but this is the thing though like why is this a fucking thing because people need to know things I because god shit. forbid that you could just not know something about somebody mm. I know but like what means that we're this is just new as well so yeah, it is last... a new tradition to put people in gender boxes yeah mm. last five Yes, yeah. or yeah. so they're, they're everywhere. Mm-hmm. 
fucking balloons, fucking lasagna. Oh, right. <laughs> I know that isn't the main point, but <laughs> mints should not be blue, right? That means it's off. <laughs> right? You should, I mean, when you get a gender reveal cake or whatever and it's got the blue food colouring, it still looks like a nice cake, right? Blue mints. No. 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 Sorry. No. Back to the main point about gender reveal food. I hate them. Like, they don't know what gender their child's going to be. No. Like, it is... (sighs) Why does it matter? It doesn't. I mean, are they going to get one gender and be like, oh... Take it back. Like, because they're always celebrating. And it's like, well, were you going to be disappointed with the other one? Are you going to leave it on top of a mountain to die like we're in a Greek tragedy? Wash. (laughs) Because those always work out well for people. Yeah, they do, yeah. uh, (laughs) Because that's why Oedipus was left. Um, (laughs) Just saying. Uh, He was a stand-up guy. Uh, (laughs) He didn't know it was his mum. Fair play. Fair play. Didn't know it was his dad. He still fucking killed someone, though. Aye. Lack of a strong father figure in a boy's life. <laughs> oh, I can't fucking believe I said that. <laughs> I can, it's not uh, as Yeah, like, that's, that's my kind of issue. But also, how many parties does a baby want? It hasn't even been born. I know. Like, baby shower, gender reveal party. Then when it's born, they have, like, a party and then a naming party and then a christening. And then they have a full party for its first birthday, even though it doesn't have any fucking memories. Or friends. <laughs> like, what's it going to do? Like, go on its Facebook and be like, having a party? Like, what? I know. Totally Empty at mine. Although they don't call it empties anymore, apparently they used to call it a gaff. What? What? You know how, like, when you were a teenager and you'd be like, oh, I'm having an empty because your parents would, like, be like, you're 16, we have lives, right? We're going to the cinema. And you'd be like, yeah, whatever. It's not called an empty. It's called a gaff. I don't know what that means. I don't know what that means either. No. Did you hear that on Radio 1? No. A young person told me that. I checked with an actual youth. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But to be fair, this actual youth is my cousin was probably ripping the piss out of me. Maybe. So what do you think of gender reveal parties? Well, I mean, personally, I love them. Can't get enough of them. Um, You know, I need to to know what, what gender someone is the minute I meet them. And if I don't know, ask them to fill out a survey monkey. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's fair enough, really. Maybe we could wear little badges. You have to have blue or pink ribbons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Maybe it'll stop that security guard and saying, please calling me son. One of the things that that made me think of, you know, putting gender in boxes, was how much it costs to be in that female box. Extra. So not only are your wages less, Mm-hmm. But you have to pay for the privilege of having a period. <laughs> you know I love that, to talk about periods. That lovely luxury. Um as well as, you know, 
everything that is pink in colour that costs more. Um, as well as the fucking taxis home in that. Mm-hmm. Because you can't walk home alone either. With the molesters. Exactly. Um, but, you know, period, period tax. Oh. I know it's your favourite topic. Anything to do with periods is my favourite topic. Any opportunity to talk about periods. I love talking about periods. Where do I begin? My first period. (laughs) So when I first talked about, you know, getting free menstrual products, my favourite thing that I was met with was, what if people steal them? I had two responses, depending on who asked me that. Yeah. So when a man asked me that, I asked them how often they were stealing the bog roll. Yeah. They were like, oh, don't steal bog roll. You're like, women don't steal tampons. <laughs> <laughs> two, I'm of the mindset, if you're stealing tampons, you need the tampons, have the tampons. Yeah. It's not like you're selling them. Exactly. Like down a back alley in your coat. Like, mm-hmm. do you like, would you like a heavy... Would you like a supermax? Like, mm. what what strength would you like? No, like, you're, you're hanging about outside the lassie's toilet, straight, and then you stop something, you're like, how's your flow? <laughs> <laughs> Don't put your 120 in there. I'll give you two for 70p. <laughs> Choices. Get a heavy flow, applicator, non-applicator. And then what? I'll throw in a wee fresh wipe for free because nothing makes you feel better then, you know, wiping your adult self with a baby wipe. (laughs) (laughs) Which, and I know this is total marketing, right, but sometimes they do make you feel extra clean. Even though there's actually nothing wrong with you. When we were talking about... um, So, we went away for the weekend Mm -hmm. um, in December. um, And... A few of us were... Two of us were in the hot tub with two gay men, right? Every Slags. single woman's dream. <laughs> <laughs> and um, basically, we were talking about periods. And by the end of this conversation, not only had these two two gay men learnt a lot, but both of them were very scaredly going, yes, yes, every free tampons for all, free tampons for all. <laughs> I will buy you tampons. <laughs> Every birthday, every Christmas. When I left my last job, I was provided with a box of tampons. Mm -hmm. And I got the super plus ones because, and I quote, you're not a regular cunt, are you? (laughs) (laughs) That's brilliant. Said that in front of my boss. What you have to? <laughs> oh, to be fair, there was a lot said in that day that will remain unsaid. Um, but, yeah, I mean, yes, taxing periods as a luxury is fucking abominable. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no reason for it, right? Two, you should be fucking paying for it anyway. Right? It's not, it's not an equal opportunities uh, product. No. Like, if you need it, you need it. Mm-hmm. Same with medicine. You shouldn't have to pay for yeah. that either. But period poverty is a definite thing, like, because mm. it's one of those 
women have to make choices every day. Do I feed my child or do I buy tampons? So, like, women are having to use, like, toilet paper or, like, Mm -hmm. rags like they did in the fucking Victorian times. Like, I mean, how much have we not progressed that we've got this, this stage in humanity and sticking some... And here's fucking the thing. cutting up yourself is the best we can come up with. Mm. Yeah. And the thing about the toilet roll has... Yeah. It's so unhygienic. Yeah, it right? is. I mean, if you were bleeding from the mouth, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying you were gushing with blood, right? Mm-hmm. You had a slow, ongoing bleed that yeah. wasn't stopping the, bleeding. The gingivitis was catching up. Uh-huh. And you <laughs> came to me as a first aider and said, I am... Bleeding from the mouth, and I went, Okay, I don't have anything I can give you. Pop into the toilet, stick some toilet roll in your gub, and just keep it there until like just keep it there until it's sodden and just replace it with toilet roll. Would you put that toilet roll in your mouth? I might tell you to fuck off. Aye, mm-hmm. why would I be putting it in my holies the holies? Exactly, mm-hmm. and that's awful. Man. We have all. All had to use toilet roll because we've all been caught short. Yeah, yeah. Let mm. me lay some statistics down on you, man. Right, um, specialist subject. <laughs> <laughs> I come prepared, but not with tampons. Um, <coughs> so, of girls and young women aged fourteen to twenty-one, and this is in the UK. I don't know how this was figured out, but I think this is probably pretty accurate. Ten percent have been unable to afford sanitary wear. 40% have had to use toilet paper because they struggled to afford sanitary wear. Yep. Mm-hmm. And 48% are embarrassed of their periods. Yeah, I'd say yeah. that's right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because even if you think about it, at school, when you had the talk about periods, I remember having the talk about periods. One, it was too fucking late because mm-hmm. I already had mine, as did half of the people in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've got to talk about periods, you're given a little bag with a couple of always in. Mm. Um, and the boys were, like, playing football or something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They should be learning about periods. Yeah. Then mm. you won't get asked stupid questions like a certain young man you went to uni with who said, can you not just cross your legs? Yeah. I mean, they really don't understand. Like, they really don't. Mm-hmm. They think it's a choice. Um, I mean, in, in America, the right-wingers are basically saying that birth control is something that women can is there so women can have more sex and it's ridiculous whereas from, from in my experience yeah pill, and that's not a bad thing but exactly, it's not it's only exactly, thing exactly mm-hmm. they can have as much sex as they want and it's none of their fucking business anyway mm-hmm. um, <laughs> um but in my experience of the pill um because i went on it at a young at a younger age as did a lot of women i know and it was there as a hormone controller for their periods. Yeah, yeah. Because how many girls at our school used to pass out with pain? Mm-hmm. I had to take um, days off. Yeah. Turns in so much pain. Yeah. I mean, that's not normal. It's, it's not normal. I remember someone passing out in maths. Like, she, she just keeled over. So, when you're a young girl and in, in the Western world and not come on to kind of global south countries and you get your period and you have to miss school because either you are 
unprepared and you're ashamed and you're embarrassed and you can't afford menstrual products, you miss school and set your educational attainment back, which is not something boys are experiencing. Mm-hmm. Yep. So you're missing school. Mm-hmm. Uh, women miss days at work. Mm-hmm. Like it's it costs more to not provide them mm-hmm. than it does to roll them out. My my work um, has them in the bathroom provided. As does mine. Yeah. Um, because it's only right and decent. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that, that's it. Like, and you're right. If someone's stealing them, they have bigger issues. Yeah, 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 exactly. The question is, they can steal as many as they fucking want, mm. really. Also, to make a point, if it's free, can't fucking steal it. That's true. Mm. But uh, yeah, it's just fucking crazy. But. I saw something really interesting in the Guardian a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. um, which I had jokingly um, made a joke to my friend about a couple a couple of years ago now um, about a paid menstrual leave for people who have like such severe period pain that they're in so much pain they can't go to work, yeah. um, and it's. It's called menstrual leave, it's a thing. And the kind of debate in The Guardian was, right, yeah, if you're in so much pain, you shouldn't be at work. Mm -hmm. Like, you're less productive during presenteeism than you are taking a couple of days off Mm -hmm. and then going back to work at full strength. Mm -hmm. But the debate in The Guardian was is that people, particularly women, are rallying against it because they don't want to be seen as weak and needing this special circumstance because... Mm -hmm. You know, it's not it's not something that applies to applies to men. No, I mean, as well as that, like the pain threshold of a period, wasn't it something that came out and said it's like having a heart attack? Yes, yeah. that's right. That was last year. It was as mm-hmm. painful as having a heart attack. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Like I really do, mm-hmm. because like, and you know, it's a specific pain. Yeah, like yeah. you. You know it. I mean, when you first have them, like, you have no idea what this pain is. I am dying. Um, Yeah. But you become used to it. Like, you know, you know from where the pain is, from the type of pain, it it feels like someone's pulling your ovaries out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, luckily me, get my period pain in my back. Oof. Yeah. Um, I do sometimes get cramp, but cramp's not really particularly bad for me. But like the period pain in my back is shocking sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I once, well, not once, I've had it numerous times, but like had period pain from like the back of my knees up to my shoulder. I was, it was as if I had been in like an intense workout. I was just like, oh my god, I hurt so much. I just generally hurt my entire body hurts. And you shouldn't have to get through your work day by taking codeine to deal with no. pain. But yeah, period products should be free. And you can get such wonderful, sustainable options. Mm. Have you have you used any of these moon cups and stuff? I'm into getting a moon cup, but I have a... I'm not sure that that would work for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Kind of more keen for a... Like a reusable pad. Yeah. Mm. Or the one was the one I sent you. Oh, what was that called? The jam sponge. 
Yes. <laughs> I mean, like, I am, I am definitely interested to hear about, like, these, like, um, yeah. more kind of eco-friendly options. Like, what, what works for people? Like, is it this jam sponge? Yeah. Which was interesting. Um, I like the fact that it was just like, you know when you need to change because it gently fizzles. Yeah, that got me. Um, <laughs> oh, it, would, it would be nice to kind of know about these because yeah. at the end of the day, if we're fighting period poverty, right, and I know there's stuff going on locally as well, which is great. It shouldn't be fucking needed, but it's, it's good. It's, you know, it's good we're fighting. Um, but... If maybe we can put some of these like reusable options mm-hmm. into into the ways that we help period poverty, then it would actually make it a lot easier for these women to look after themselves. Yeah. Um it's it's just just an option. Like mm-hmm. it's it's not about just giving in an ideal world all of this should be free. Mm-hmm. Yeah let alone fucking taxed. But I, I think everything links back into each other. So last year, the year of the woman, mm. now we're looking for a year for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. It's like these authors should still be getting book deals. They should still be getting TV shows about mm-hmm. about gender equality because there's still so much more to do. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you have some spare tampons, leave them out. Mm, definitely yeah. people. Mm-hmm. Leave them in bathrooms. I think that's actually something we should start doing. Mm-hmm. Leave them. Mm-hmm. Little sign. These are yours. Mm-hmm. Encourage your work to do it. Mm-hmm. Probably a good thing to note is that there's lots of um, local communities and local um, charities doing mm-hmm. a lot of work um, around the country to tackle period poverty. Mm-hmm. Um, so one in um, that I know of in the northeast is called Red Box, yeah. um, but also remember to take them to food banks. Yeah. Um, they're things that people need, and it's not it's not a priority for them to 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 buy them. No. Um, not when they're going to a food bank. No. no. And you don't have to be buying those really expensive boutique ones mm-hmm. that are. I don't understand why they're expensive. You're just going to put them inside you once the wrapping's off. Mm. You can buy just, like, an own brand. They do the same job. Yeah. Um, but I think it's important that we need to support each other with this. Yeah, yeah definitely. Period dignity is important so that, you know, by 2118, when we get our next year of the women... <laughs> <laughs> We can say that menstrual products aren't a problem. Everyone can access them. I mean, can we do that in a hundred years? Will we still be around? I won't. I mean, I'll barely be around. No, I mean, as as humanity. I mean... um, (laughs) um, (laughs) Because, I mean, it was just two days ago that um, the doomsday clock has not moved from two minutes to midnight. And although that might sound like good news, that the doomsday clock is not closer to midnight, it is still the closest to midnight it has ever been. The threat to humanity is still at peak. Bigger than it has been in any point in history so far. So, 
is Jacob Rees-Mogg going to take his final form? Like in Ghostbusters. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's a cheery end, don't you? <laughs> um, <laughs> we're all going to die. Enjoy. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe maybe someone else wants to say something that's less um Okay. You might not die uh <laughs> soon. I mean it's definitely on the cards unless you're some kind of all powerful witch. Um but what you could do whilst you're still living the dream is you can follow us on Instagram. We are at FF underscore feminists or on Twitter at FF Feminists. You can find us pretty easily. And if you're interested in period dignity, just search free tampons in my local area. You will find a project. We'll also be posting up about different projects um, around the UK um, that you can help with, um, such as Redbox that I mentioned, um, so that um, you can donate, you can um, help out with your food banks, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, on our Instagram and Twitter, um, we've also got hashtag FBS, um, which is our feminist bookshelf. Um, so by all means, send us recommendations of what we should be reading. Um, our first book we're actually going to cover in our next podcast, um, which is called Death in 10 Minutes, which is by Fern Riddell, um, which we mentioned earlier on in today's podcast. Um, and it is about Kitty Marion. Um, who was an activist, an arsonist, and a suffragette. Um, so really interesting book about her diaries, um, which we're all about finished, and um, which we'll be talking about next time. From all of us, though, um, we'll talk to you next time. And if you want to join in our conversation about Death in 10 Minutes, our feminist bookshelf for this week, um, then tweet us in, um, send us pictures of you reading the book, um, Whatever you want. We're looking forward to hearing from you.